I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. What is going on everyone and welcome back to the channel. I hope you're all doing well. Now in this Reddit episode, every revenge story is going to get increasingly more nuclear. It's going to start out pretty light and pretty funny, but by the end, trust me, things are going to get very, very serious. You're not going to want to miss the final story. Without further ado, here is the first story of revenge. I took away all the towel seat reservations at the resort. I was on holidays in an all-inclusive resort. First day, we couldn't find any lounge chairs by the beach or by the sea. Fair enough, we arrived in the afternoon. Next day, we go to find a spot, but most of the spots were taken by towels. We find an empty seat and to our surprise, many of the chairs stay reserved almost the whole day or never get used. Third day, we decide to take some towels off two lounges and enjoy our day. Four, that's right, four hours in, an older couple shows up and say that they had their towels there and they kick us off with help from an attendant. That angered me. So every following day, I went to take the towels off of every unattended lounger after breakfast and then went to watch the chaos from my balcony. Many, many people complained and by the end of the week, there was a sign that unattended towels would be removed. Success. Honestly, this towel thing on a holiday resorts and, and hotels has to be one of the things in life that I just do not get even like 1%. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those videos of people at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. whenever the pool opens or the beach with their towels in a queue all rushing to place it on, on the nearest seat next to the pool or sea or whatever. Then they leave them there. Then they just dip and they go back to bed or they go and have breakfast or whatever. I just, it's just so weird. And again, like Opie has said, I don't really know too much about this sort of thing. But if people are leaving their towels there for four hours unattended, you can't just dibs a seat for that length of time and then be angry because you happen to put your towel on it four hours ago. It's insane. Towel reservations should just not be a thing. And Opie's actions here are definitely one step in the right direction. Now for our next story of revenge. Things are heating up just a little bit. Creative ways I kept my jerk neighbor awake during the day. So a bit of backstory. A few years ago, we had a couple buy the house two up from us in our streets. They did renovations for the first couple of months, seven days a week from 6 a.m. As annoying as it is being woken up on Sunday mornings by a power saw, my fiance and I know that if you live near people, you're gonna hear noise, so we just rolled with it. Everything changed though after the renovations were finished. The guy went back to work on night shifts. All of a sudden, our street had to be silent during the day so he could sleep. This self-entitled, that's a very strong word, which is gonna be censored, went to great lengths to get his beauty sleep. 
He called the police for noise complaints any chance he got. My hippie neighbors who had their weekly afternoon jam session with acoustic guitars. My Vietnamese neighbors and their god-awful Thursday afternoon karaoke. And then it was my turn. Complaint after complaint went into the council about noise from my dogs and chickens. He'd walk to my front fence, wait for my dog to bark at him, then record it and send it to the council. Then he discovered my dog was controlled, i.e. not allowed out of my yard without a leash. One day, I left the gate open to bring shopping in and my neighbor filmed my dog walk three meters out of my yard to the car, sent it to the council, and I received an $800 fine in the mail. That was the last straw. Since I'm a builder, I have access to lots of noisy stuff. Grinders, chainsaws, metal cutoff saws, etc. Since I own my own company, it's not always necessary for me to be on site. So I waited for him to get home, gave him an hour to get comfortable, then began cutting rebar with a two-stroke cutoff saw in my front yard in 50 millimeter sections. It took all of 15 minutes before he burst out of his house with his cranky pants on. I couldn't keep a straight face as I told him I was quite within my rights to do work around the house during the day, just as he had. Then I told him I'd had weeks of work to do, so I'd better get back to it. The look on his face brought me the purest joy I've ever felt. I'd give him 30 minutes to settle in and then start cutting again for 10 to 15 minutes. Chainsaws, power saws, didn't matter what I cut because it was all going in the bin anyway. It was only a couple of weeks before I got bored and ran out of stuff to cut, but in that time, I took every single opportunity I could to drive that jerk to insanity. And good thing too, it's absolutely what he deserves. You can't have one rule for yourself and then another one for everyone else on the street. What is with that? How can you start building work at 6 a.m.? On a Sunday, which by the way, I don't know, well, this doesn't happen in the UK because it's in dollars, but in the UK, that is actually illegal. You're just not allowed to do that. I don't know what the laws are here, but you can't do that on the one hand and then say, oh, renovation's done now. I'm going to go back to sleeping during the day. Everyone has to be quiet. Obviously, it can't happen. Brilliant revenge, though. Imagine the neighbor had actually come around and looked at exactly what you were doing, cutting millimeters of, of whatever material it is with huge chainsaws. So good, so petty. Now, let's get into some pro revenge. Micromanager forced to step down after mismanaging a new retail service. First of all, some relevant background info. Several years ago, I was working at one of the big hardware stores in my area. It's a household name and had some upward mobility with decent pay for the area. I never really found a niche there after my first year and a half. I do learn quickly though, so they kind of made me a Swiss army employee. I could work hardware, plumbing, mix paint, make keys, prepare contracts for installs, and I knew all the features and flaws of the appliance models we sold. I was happy to do this because I was building a reputation as somebody who could do everything. Two years in, a new program was implemented that I was uniquely qualified to assist with. They created a new position for me. It was marketed as an all-in-one renovation slash remodel service for interiors. I was to assist the designer with product selection, product information, contracts, and local marketing for this service. Everyone involved was super excited about it. Note, I was still only making $10 an hour in 2015 for this. The problem was that because this was brand new, no one knew how it should work. The designer basically had to figure it out for herself while I tried to catch her up with all of the store and product knowledge that I'd accumulated during my unique experience with the company. Some issues with the program. First, it was way too expensive. Second, the product to be used had to come from one of our stores, which was limiting. And third, nobody knew about it. It was a rocky start. Coworkers would call me over to talk to customers if they mentioned working on a big project, but that's all we had. 
no completed jobs to reference or anything provided by corporate to get us running we made our own stuff i put together a video advertising the service and got the nod from management to use the company card to purchase a tv and media player to roll the video on repeat we built vignettes in the store to showcase our design ability i've been picking up a lot from the designer so it ended up being a partnership in effect so then the micro manager enter devon the assistant manager He'd actually been involved in the project from the beginning and had been pretty supportive and brought good energy at first. But I think he got fed up with the issues that we couldn't control. Sloppy contractors refusing to fix things that they messed up, slow design process as customers worked out what they wanted, and people just backing out after taking a bunch of our time when they see the price. We were, on average, charging $3,000 more for a small bathroom remodel on labor alone. Consulting and design fees were also worked into the final cost. The product was discontinued to basically being tax-free. But as I mentioned, options were limited to products the company sold. It was just too expensive to make many sales on the poorer side of town, where almost everyone knows some kind of contractor or tradesman with connections. It wasn't a good market for this program, but we did manage to start hitting and exceeding our numbers. Number seven in the region for the brand new program wasn't bad. And just when we finally started getting some business and a rhythm around eight months in, Devin decided that it was not working fast enough for him. Obviously, the designer was to blame since he had no authority over the contractors or setting prices. She didn't know what she was doing and he was going to make some changes. He honestly didn't do much besides hover, bring bad energy and make terrible suggestions. He didn't understand the scope of what we had to do to get a customer out the door and happy. He forced us to cut corners and get the sale as quickly as possible without concern for liability, for basically destroying a room in someone's home to remake it, or what was realistic in terms of timelines. Customers felt rushed and got nervous. They backed out. We came to a standstill. We would only have two or three designs in progress at a time, but suddenly, after working our butts off building the program, we had no customers for the first time in six months. Obviously, Devon was not subjecting us to his authority hard enough, so he went harder and fired the designer. I lost my patience. So then, justice or injustice, I don't know. I'm a chill dude, but I've been working my butt off of this company, making peanuts on the promise that I was working towards something. I endured working for the incompetent managers that got their positions because they started working there at 18 and made it their life. The toxic alpha male, I will lead, you will follow BS was too much. So I started bullying him back, making fun of him in a teasing way where he couldn't really react without looking bad or losing control. I did that for a while and he left me alone to run the program in the interim since I was the only option. The designer and I had become friends though, so I was still mad about how that went down. I wasn't finished yet, but I didn't know what to do. Eventually they got another designer and Devon had me move back to what I'd been doing before passed over for several promotions that I was more than qualified for. The market had been flooded with long-time employees that were being moved around. Bad luck, but I was done with the place. One day, we were sent an email link to an anonymous manager review survey. The store computers were set up with an always-on and logged-in user profile, so I wrote down the link and verified with a coworker that they weren't unique. In every department I visited that day, I wrote a review for Devon. All different ratings, some good, some bad, but I made the good ones so that they sounded bad. But as if I didn't know it was bad, I did that maybe 10 times. It wasn't character assassination or anything, just opinion-based stuff with some vague examples so nobody could figure out it was me. 
I didn't lie either. I just said what people don't usually say out loud. He would barely look at anyone after that. A couple of weeks later, he resigned his position as assistant manager and took an exterior design position at the other end of the store, as far away from the departments as he'd ever been before. Basically the same thing as what he'd done with interiors, but he was in the designer's shoes. I left a couple of months later to work tech support for DHS. But while I was still in training for that, my friends from the store told me he'd gotten fired. Maybe he learned something. He should at least have learned how my designer friend felt. They were both fired at Christmas. Oh, wow. I really was not expecting that that final sentence. Both fired at Christmas. Yeah, I mean, that is extremely tough. And now Devin knows how it feels. Very, very good stuff. And uh, yeah, some poetic justice there. I'm all for it. Okay, then. Now it's the time you've all been waiting for the finale of this episode. This is a story from r slash nuclear revenge. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Guy tries to sell house from under my family. Gets his just desserts. My family was looking for a large house and found the perfect one back in the early 2000s. When my dad talked with the owners, they'd agreed to getting some plumbing fixed on the house before we moved in if we moved all of their stuff into the two-car garage so it'd be easier for them to move. There were also several things to be repaired, a pool to clean and a ton of landscaping to be done. My dad did the repairs and used his army of offspring to do all the landscaping and pool work. The house was looking amazing compared to before and we were just a week from moving in. Now, I to this day do not know why my dad did this, but he paid a cash deposit. There was no paper trail and the owners decided to take advantage of this. When it got to be a few days before we moved in, the owners told my dad they weren't moving their stuff out of the garage or doing the plumbing fixes that were needed to use any of the bathtubs or showers in the house. He could deal with no garage and pay for the plumbing fixes or he could F off. No refund of deposit if he didn't like it. They even said they were thinking of moving someone else in because the house value was more with all the fixes that we had already done. My father was asked to turn in the keys that we'd been given the next morning because this was all told to him at 8 p.m. on a weekday. With no paperwork yet signed, there was nothing attaching my dad to the house and no cameras or security system. He'd just been screwed over a few thousand dollars by the owner and it was maybe two weeks to Christmas. His gift that year was going to be giving each of us kids our own rooms for the first time. So cue the revenge. He brought all of us kids over to the house for a little party. Each kid was given their own special bit of destruction. Someone was shoveling sand into the pool. My brother with anger issues was told to punch out every hole that we'd patched up in the walls. The smaller kids were told to rock the banister on the stairs until it broke. I was told to rip out the landscaping we'd done and make a path of it all over the stairs. Every single thing that we'd fixed or improved taken back by very creative and energetic children. While all this happened, my dad and stepmom went through everything in the garage from the owners and took anything they could gift to family, pawn or sale. There were high value collectibles, jewelry and a computer that my dad gave to us for Christmas. The next day, my dad told the owners he'd put the keys in the garage with its door open that night for them. He then unplugged the phone and we never heard from those people again. Was it legal? No, but not on either end. Did we have a good Christmas? Yes. Was it fun destroying the place? Yes, I actually did a very tastefully done carpet of hedge branches, torn out flowers, and some of sand and pool gravel 
on the actual carpet of the house. Ah, uh, look, I get it. It's clearly a fun thing to do in isolation, but I can't help but feel as I'm reading that, that it's just inc incredibly sad. And ultimately you'd be doing this with tears streaming down your face. I mean, this was the house that you had your your mind set on. This was gonna be your family house for, I don't know, probably forever, right? And just taken away like that. That is really tough. And yes, you lost a few thousand dollars on the work, but you also lost so much time. You also need to factor that in. So look, I get it, a little bit of revenge in, in destroying the stuff that you'd made and stealing some stuff, fine. It is definitely nuclear, but I'm just not sure if I would feel just, I wouldn't, I just don't know if I'd feel enough justice from doing that. I'd want some, some more legal action required here or, or done here. Maybe you felt as if that you had made that mistake and there was nothing that you really could have done in terms of not getting the stuff signed on paper and not having a formal contract. Yeah, that's clearly an error, but oh, it's just tough. All that time and money got into this just for you to destroy your own work. Ultimately, really quite sad. Look, good revenge. But I just would have wanted more. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. A few stories there getting increasingly more nuclear in their revenge. Really hope you enjoyed it. I feel like it's a good way to cover a lot of different revenge subreddits in one video leading up to the pinnacle right there. Let me know if you want to see more content like this in the future by dropping a like on this episode, clicking the follow, subscribe button, whatever platform you're on. And I'll see you guys all tomorrow for a brand new Reddit episode. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K, now on KO.